Hello and welcome to the Fintech Australia podcast, Finney Special, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins. With the help of the Victorian government, Bogus and BPay, we're bringing you Australia's largest and most prestigious Fintech awards yet. We want you to tune in and pick the winners. And this year, you can join in virtually, in person, or host your own office party. So wherever you are, let's come together and recognize the amazing people Aussie FinTech is renowned for. Registration for the awards event is now open. Go to thefinnies.org.au. Hello, and welcome to the Finney's People's Choice Podcast. I'm Dexter Cousins, and I'm joined by Dom Pym, He's here to tell you why you should vote for Up. So, Dom, you've been nominated for Outstanding Leader of the Year, which is sponsored by Bogus. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's great to be. Uh, it's great to be nominated as part of the uh, part of the Finney's Awards. It's an uh, absolute honour and privilege. What's the the backstory to Up? Yeah, well, Up is you know it's a collaboration between the fifth largest bank in Australia, which is Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, and Ferocia, which is my company. We're a independent Australian software company, basically. And, uh, you know, we're a fairly small team, but we've been working together, Ferocia and Bendigo, for a long time, nearly nine years. And we found it up, as you mentioned, just we launched it just less than two years ago as sort of the next stage in our partnership, in our relationship. Um, And, yeah, it was the first digital bank or the first purely mobile-only bank to actually launch in Australia. Um, And that put us in reasonably good stead in terms of having a bit of competitive advantage over the rest. And, you know, a lot of people ask me why, what, 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 why do you do a digital bank or why do you need a mobile-only bank? Um, but, you know, I think that the, the biggest problem that we set out to really solve was more than anything was to put people back in control of their money, like simplify things, integrate into people's lives and sort of do banking as a utility, as a thing, but not as our, our core thing. Our core thing is making it easy for people to understand, uh, be in control of their money, feel empowered and sort of have less stress and anxiety in their life. So who who would you say are your main customers and how many customers do you have now? Well, it's out of control. Um, in, in, in less than two years since we launched, we've got over 285,000 customers now. Yeah, so it's interesting because we don't specifically target a certain type of customer, but after nearly two years in the market, you know, we've got customers aged between 16 and 99, you know, so they go before the full breadth, but about 50% of them are between 16 and 25, so mostly sort of Gen Z, that the customers that we most resonate with are the tech-savvy younger generation, uh, the innovators, the creators, the tech heads, the entrepreneurs, the risk-takers, the collaborators, like those sort of people are the ones that tend to be the early adopters of, of something like Up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of a couple of the key sort of metrics there, like for us, it's not just number of customers. Try, trying to keep it really simple and plain and comparable against the incumbents. It's also about how many accounts do they open. So a typical Up customer opens more accounts than a, a sort of traditional bank customer. So we have nearly 900,000 accounts and, and yeah, like I said, nearly 300,000 customers. So you're looking at sort of three accounts on average, but actually some people open 100 accounts um, because it's really simple and it's easy. Um, you know, we've seen um, more than $3 billion uh, transfer in from the major banks. Um, so I guess now up is sort of, you know, emerging as a competitor to the major banks and no longer sort of, a, you know, an early player. You know, we've done over $10 billion. I think it's even nearly up to 12 now. 
billion dollars in transactions uh, since we launched less than two years ago. So yeah, so it's going really fast. Great. Um, so how many people now are part of Up? We only have uh, about 60 people in our team, which is very, very small. Um, but look, interesting for us is that more than 70% of our staff are engineers and, and designers. Like I said, it's all just software people. Um, so we don't, you know, unlike, I guess, some of the other um, uh, competitors that we have in the market is that we don't have, a, you know, big middle management or HR team or, um, you know, business development, partnerships, sales. We, we, we don't, we're not set up like a traditional business. Um, because of the way we've set up the partnership, we see that as a real competitive advantage. It's, it's, it's meant that we've kept our employee base quite low, but also everyone's hands-on, very focused on delivering software uh, and, and using software to solve problems, uh, which, is, which has sort of been our sort of core focus. Well, let's talk about growth and competition. So first of all, Dom, why is your product better than the competition and how have you differentiated? It's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because everybody will come on the uh, podcast if they've been nominated, obviously, and say they're the best, <laughs> right? So I think that we have to use some, uh, you know, constructive uh, mechanisms to understand why we've dominated since we've launched. Um, we're, we're probably twice the size of every other, um, you know, new digital bank, neobank in the Australian market. Um, and, you know, one way we've been able to achieve that is this partnership with Bendigo, which has put us in good stead because we haven't had to worry too much about the regulation and the compliance and all that sort of stuff, that's sort of a gimme. You know, that's something that we have already. They're, you know, they're the fifth largest bank, but also I think the second or third oldest bank in Australia. So they've got that stuff sort of down pat. So for us, it's been uh, an emphasis on ease of use, you know, superior sort of customer experience, um, introducing products to the market that just nobody else has. Like when we, we've done so many firsts and so many, uh, you know, onlys. Uh, when we launched our Afterpay partnership, for example, it's the only one in the world with any bank. Uh, when we launched the TransferWise partnership, it's the first one in all of Asia Pacific to be announced and the, the first one in Australia, obviously, to go live. Um, you know, we have things like uh, roundups, pay splitting, auto detection of bills. Um, and I think it's also doing it on scale. So a lot of the time, say, for example, we get compared to some of the overseas digital banks. The overseas digital banks, uh, you know, might launch with 10 or 20 or 30 partners in a particular area. So say, for example, we do smart receipts where you can see the SKU data on your actual transactions. Our partnership with Afterpay allowed us to launch with more than 20,000 uh, shops, you know, merchants, uh, retailers, um, right from the get-go. And so I think being able to do things on scale has also separated us a little bit. Like we have over 150,000 merchants that we've identified in our system, whereas our competitors have hundreds, whereas, you know, we have hundreds of thousands. But most of that has been possible because of the flat hierarchy, because of the focus of, you know, having engineers and and designers and product people. And I guess I would be probably the only leader of a bank that is a software engineer, <laughs> software developer. Um, so a lot, of the, a lot of the competitors, both in Australia and overseas, uh, are ex-bankers or, or bankers that have shifted, uh, shifted focus to, you know, to be part of a fintech, uh, whereas we don't employ any bankers. Um, we have the partnership with Bendigo, which, as I said, puts us in good stead, um, but everyone's a software engineer. And that means we just think a little bit differently about it. So we call that technology-led banking rather than bank-led technology. Um, and yeah, I think that's had a material impact in terms of our competitive differentiation. What kind of growth have you seen in the last 12 months? Well, it's been a journey. It's been quite extraordinary. Um, in the first 12 months, we actually grew faster than any other neobank that we know of in the world. Um, so in the first year, it was quite extraordinary. So for us to now compare the last 12 months you know, so against the first year, we're looking at doubling our cut. We, we, we have doubled our customers already. Um, we um, and that's material because we're talking hundreds of thousands of customers, right? So that's material. It's not off a small base. 
Um, we've got three times as many accounts. Uh, we've got nine times the deposits of what we had. So in the last uh, 12 months, we've seen our deposits grow from 300 million to over 3 billion, right? Um, and same with transactions. So, uh, you know, we've seen a seven times uh, transaction volume increase from around about, I think it was something like 12 or 13 million in our first year to now over 100 million uh, transactions in our second year. So we are seeing uh, extraordinary growth. But let me say this, let me preface it by saying that for us, this is really just the beginning. The first two years were really just launch and the next two years for us are growth. How are you positioned for future growth? Well, I think the um, uh, some of the things in terms of like we talked about some of the statistics there, like the products that we've released and the momentum that we've been able to create through word of mouth and, and through um, uh, you know the ability to uh, to have really high engagement. You know, so we have, for example, over fifty percent of our active customers put their salary or over a thousand dollars a month, month on month, consecutively into their up account, which basically means up as their primary financial institution. Now that's an extraordinary achievement. But we want to see more of that. Um, you know, we have over 150,000 merchants identified in our system, and about 50,000 of our customers have identified upcoming bills. Over 300,000 upcoming bills. So we have around about six, um, you know, invoices or bills or upcoming regulars. We call them regulars that uh, that our customers have scheduled. Um, so that level of engagement is is sort of unheard of. Like the other thing that we're very proud of, and the way that we think as a foundation, I just mentioned these two things, they're features, but I mentioned them in terms of future growth, is the virality of it. So our savers, you know, we were the one of the first banks in Australia to introduce uh, roundups. Uh, we were the second, right? And then we were the first to introduce this feature called pull to save. We've seen over $20 million saved in roundups just in the last couple of years and over a million pull to saves. Uh, we're, I don't know the number dollar value off the top of my head, but a million people or, or, or people have pulled to save their spare change over a million times. And so that's created a foundation where around about 50,000 customers have hit their savings target just in the last sort of uh, couple of years, which to us represents nearly $100 million. So for our customers to have been able to materially achieve that level of engagement, I think gives you an idea about the future. One more thing I'll say about the future is that, you know, we, we launched our API recently and the API was the first of its kind in Australia. And of course, we support the open banking movement and all that. But our API was about you getting access to your own data and then being able to build on top of it. Within the first few weeks of release, we saw one and a half thousand API tokens issued. So, you know, unique customers getting access to their own data. Now, you might think one and a half thousand, that's not a lot. By contrast, um, you know, open banking obviously launched in Australia and there's been two data recipients. So one and a half thousand is a hell of a lot to achieve in a few weeks. And then we've had over a thousand of those customers actually building apps on top of up. So, so just those things like having up as your primary financial institution, engaging with up to save, you know, over a hundred million dollars, you know, the roundups, those sort of things. And then, and then engaging through the API to access your own data in terms of how we're positioned. I think we're positioned exceptionally well, but what we now require to take the next stage is to grow our business and grow our customers. Uh, and grow market share against the big four, against the big four, you know, the four pillar banks. And to do that, we probably would raise capital. We've never raised capital before. We've been fully self-funded to date, um, you know, uh, by by the founding partners being Bendigo and Ferocia. And so the next stage for us and the way that we're sort of, I guess, positioning ourselves for future growth is to start a, a period of domination based on uh, rapid growth that is fueled by capital. Um, and uh, and the ability to market, like our budget in our first year was $1.2 million. 
That was it. Um, so moving into the next year, if we had, say, a $15 million budget, for example, more than 10 times, uh, we could actually see some you know, hockey stick type growth. Um, so yeah, I think we're positioned really, really well. And because of all the unique features that I mentioned and all the different things that we're doing, um, you know, there is no comparison to up in the Australian market. Well, great, Dom. Um, before we wrap up, any other news that you want to share? Yeah, I think uh, probably the other thing is that, you know, we get a lot of, we have the Trev Up, which is our public roadmap, and it's really extraordinary. We have a lot of strong engagement with upsiders, you know, our customers, and we get a lot of ideas coming through. The number one thing that people have requested since day one is joint accounts. And we see that as, um, you know, something that we just didn't want to do the same as every other bank in the world, including the Neobank. So what we've done is we've kind of created this new idea about multiplayer banking, and we're going to launch hopefully later this year, it might be early next year, but very soon with uh, something we call 2UP. And 2UP has completely reinvented the idea of how you have a joint account. And if you're a, you know, you don't have to be a married couple that's getting a mortgage to have a joint account. Um, you know, if you're a same-sex couple or if you're a mum and a dad or, a, uh, you know, if you're a mum and, and a daughter or if you're a roommates or business partners, there's a lot of use cases. So we'd like to release this new feature, which we call 2UP. And it basically is for the other 95% of people that don't have a joint account right now. And we reckon it's going to be huge. Uh, not only for us and our growth, but it's going to change the way that people interact with their bank in the future. Um, we're going to have a chat really about your approach to leadership. And uh, the first question that I've got is, you know, how, how has your leadership kind of influenced your actions and activities in, in the business? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because uh, I don't see myself as, um, you know, the, the nominee for this. I, I see the whole team. Like leadership is absolutely critical, but, you know, I've been in partnership with my business partner, Tomo, for 12 and a half years. You know, we've been working together like the yin and the yang and getting to know each other. And a lot of the people that work in our team make it easy for me to be a great leader because I've worked with them for more than 10 years, some of them more than five years. Um, and, and so it's a very close-knit group. And so I would say in answer to the question, how do I see my actions and activities sort of being influenced by not just the team but, you know, by the leadership approach? It's sort of empowerment and encouragement would be number one. So, so not, um, uh, not dictatorial and, you know, not telling people how to do their job, like just getting the very best people and surrounding myself with them and then, uh, you know, empowering those people to do awesome things. I think encouragement is another one there that, that it's one thing to empower people, but then to actually proactively encourage them um, and, uh, you know, help them along that journey in life. Um, and, and it's not just about work. It's about that sort of work sort of life balance. So I'd say the other one for me has been leading by example. Um, you know, I, I, I do what I expect my staff to do. Um, I interview every single ferocious. Everyone that's ever joined the team at UP has been interviewed by me. Um, you, know, in, you know, engaging directly with our customers. Like I'm on social media every day. I'm answering support queries. Um, having conversations with people like you to get the word out. Like, I, I think that those things, empowerment and encouragement, absolutely number one. Number two, surrounding myself with the very best people that I know, extraordinary people that have done great things and we're happy to take a step down in their career to come and be hands-on, add up, and actually make a difference to people's lives and then leading by example. I think they're the, probably the three things that I would call out in terms of my sort of style of leadership. Great. Um, so how many people now are part of UP? We only have uh, about 60 people in our team, which is very, very small. Um, but look, interesting for us is that more than 70% of our staff are engineers and, and designers. Like I said, it's all just software people. Um, so we don't, you know, unlike I guess some of the other um, uh, competitors that we have in the market is that we don't have 
a you know big middle management or a HR team or um, you know business development partnerships sales. We, we, we're not set up like a traditional business uh, because of the way we've set up the partnership. We see that as a real competitive advantage. It's it's, it's meant that we've kept our employee base quite low, but also everyone's hands-on, very focused on delivering software uh, and, and using software to solve problems, uh, which is which has sort of been our sort of core focus. Great. And so what what initiatives have you developed as a leader in the business? Yeah, I mean, specifically for UP, it's been probably, it go, probably goes without saying that, you know, we are Australia's first and most successful neobank. So in the last couple of years, we sort of the rubbers hit the road. You know, it was an idea five years ago. And, and, and now in the last couple of years, we've actually demonstrated that we can do it. And obviously, I've been not just the, you know, one of, one of the leaders, myself and Tomo within Ferocia, but I've also been the face of UP publicly. Um, and I've been, you know, I guess, a, a visionary and inspirational to lots of others. And not just our own staff and our own people, but also the industry. Um, and, you know, I, I stay engaged with all the other neobanks and, and the leaders and the CEOs and the co-founders from those neobanks as well. And so I think that in some ways, UP itself demonstrates, you know, what we've been able to achieve uh, and certainly me as a, as a leader in the last couple of years. The other thing I'd say is that the, the culture, like having a high performance team is not easy. It's, it, you know, you know my, my business partner, Tomo, was a football coach. And so he... A lot of what he um, pioneered in the AFL and the sporting industry has sort of rubbed off on me over the last dozen years. Um, and, and we are absolutely fastidiously focused on how we help people to be better people. And by being better people and having a really great culture, then that manifests in the product. Like the love that our customers, that upsiders have for up is equivalent to the love that our staff have for working on up. And so I think that that passion and that enthusiasm and that real love for it comes through that great culture. So I think that, you know, the, the success is one thing. I think the culture and the high performance team is the other. And then the other thing that I'm probably, probably the thing that I'm actually most proud of is aiding financial mastery, you know, financial literacy for Australians of all ages, like regional Australians, urban Australians, um, young Australians between sort of 16 and 25. Um, you know, equal gender mix between male and female. Like we have had a huge, huge impact on hundreds of thousands of Australians, and this is just the beginning. There isn't a banking exec like you. And I've, you and I have had some really great um, interactions over this last two years. And I, I remember this was about, what, nearly two years ago, so just after Up had launched, and I was locked out of my account on a Sunday afternoon at the pub, and I sent you a tweet, and it got fixed within five minutes. And I just thought, wow, what other banking exec is given that level of customer service? But I just wanted to kind of put it, you know, put it out there to you, mate, to actually you know, give you the platform that I don't think you've ever taken advantage of to give people a little bit more of a, a an understanding as to your background and your expertise and and experience. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. And look, uh, you know, you, you're right. Like we 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 like to, uh, as a business, let our, I guess, as humans too, as people, uh, let our results speak for themselves. But like to, to answer the question, I mean, I've been involved in software, um, both in Australia and overseas, for more than 20 years, probably nearly 25 years now. Um, and I've worked in Silicon Valley, and I've lived and worked in South Korea, and Singapore, and Japan, in the UK in New Zealand, um, over in Palo Alto in Silicon Valley. Like, I've sort of done all of that stuff over the last couple of decades as the internet and as software companies have sort of taken over the world. And so for me, it's been an extraordinary journey. 
Um, you know, I've co-founded many other businesses, uh, not not just uh, not just Ferocia and, and up. Um, and and th- I don't talk a lot about that stuff, but those people that know me closely know that I've been involved in the fintech industry for yeah a couple of decades, and uh, I have uh, very successful businesses that I've helped uh, either found or, or build or invest or, or mentor. Um, you know, from um, uh, from scratch over the last ten or twelve years, I've got one in the US that now operates in a hundred countries and does billions of dollars every month, and I've got a digital bank over in the UK. I've got a payments company here in Australia. So yeah, you're, you're right. Like I don't talk about a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, but you're, really, my passion in life, certainly in the last sort of ten or fifteen years, has been helping others to succeed. So by finding co-founders all around the world and then helping them to achieve their dreams, I've been able to share on that journey with them and and achieve not just great success for myself, but more so for other people. And and seeing my staff and my co-founders, my you know my current business partner in Tomo, seeing their kids grow up, seeing their dreams come real, that that that's been the amazing journey for me. And finally, Dom, what's been the biggest obstacle that Opus have to had to overcome? I reckon that probably the best example. There's there's a lot of things you could say are obstacles, but the biggest, uh, probably best example for us. Do you want to start from the beginning because I think it's kind of one major obstacle after another. Yeah, it is. And I think I would say that the first thing that comes to mind. I wouldn't say it's the biggest, but the first thing that comes to mind is the unique collaboration between Bendigo and Ferocia because it's the first time in Australian banking that a fintech and an existing ADI, an authorised deposit taking institution, have partnered together and received consent from the regulators to operate a bank. Um, that's the first time. So that in itself took more than a year to put in place the structures, um, you know, to, to get the regulatory oversight and approval. Um, and so that whole, you know, piece was, was really tricky. The second thing that I found, you know, I would say probably has been a massive obstacle is not raising any capital. Every other digital bank that we know of in the world, I think there's maybe one or two exceptions, has gone out and raised venture capital, has done crowdfunding, um, you know, has has got a source of capital from somewhere, whereas we've tried to really build up on almost the smell of an oily rag, if you like, you know, but, you know, really self-funded by the original founding partners being predominantly Bendigo, obviously, and, and, and Ferocia. Um, and I think that has put us in reasonably good stead because we've been able to focus on overcoming those regulatory issues. We've been able to focus on delivering the customer experience and we haven't had to be out spruiking the business, raising capital and then trying to satisfy shareholders. Now, I say that as the second one, uh, that's been the first two years of launch. However, I think that for the next two years of growth, that's all going to change. You know, we are now looking to, you know, accelerate the funding of the business, look at external capital as potential sources of funding, and then grow the business. So if I had to pick what the major obstacle would be other than those two obvious ones, you know, if I try to think of something that's, let's say, unique to up, would have been uh, becoming the first transfer-wise for banks partner in Asia uh, and Australia, obviously. Um, so we announced the first in Asia. We're actually the second in Asia to launch uh, and the first in Australia to launch. That journey took more than 18 months. Like from the first time we, we met TransferWise, we actually met them over at WWDC, the, you know, the Apple uh, conference, the annual conference. Uh, we met them over there um, you know, at the sort of one of the Aussie meetups and, and had a beer with the, the guys there from Europe. Um, we, we then met with them again in Sydney when we got back to Melbourne, uh, met back to Australia. So we were in Melbourne and we flew up to Sydney. And we had what I call the 15-minute meeting. We went into the meeting, we pitched each other on what our businesses are, and then 15 minutes later, we'd swapped our API keys and shaken hands on a commercial deal and agreed to become the fifth TransferWise for Banks partner in the world. Um, and then from that moment, 
it took us 18 months to overcome the challenge, the obstacle, if you like, of all the regulatory stuff. This is the first time that a, uh, you know, the first of its kind sort of international money transfer service integrating with an Australian bank and launching that publicly, uh, it had just never been done before. You know, things like um, Austrac and ASIC and APRA, you know, the regulators all had to be on board. Um, you know, we had, to, um, we had to implement new types of fraud and sanction screening and all sorts of things that, um, you know, literally that sort of partnership just did not exist. So behind the scenes, Ferocia and Bendigo and TransferWise did a hell of a lot of work. And I would say that of all the obstacles I can think of in the last, you know, couple of years, other than the Capital One and, 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 and being the first to get regulatory approval to launch, but the, the biggest obstacle we would have overcome is the enormity of launching TransferWise for banks in Australia. And we're very, very proud. In fact, TransferWise told us that out of all the banks that have now launched with them worldwide, UP is number one. We, we're the fastest growing uh, adoption and the most uh, volume of transfers in our first few weeks than any other uh, TransferWise for banks partner in the world. Well, thanks for joining us today, Dom, and good luck to UpBank in the finals. If you'd like to vote for UpBank and join the celebrations on the night, go to thefinnies.org.au 